I was really trying to get in the mindset of being too luck. So I hung up some like Olympic rings in the garage and I just got like pretty drunk and went and worked out for a couple hours in the garage on the rings, even though I have kind of a bum shoulder. <laughs> and so like even two days afterwards, my shoulder was just T-bone. My lower back was all jacked up. Turns out I'm not a young pup anymore. You've really embraced your character in a way that there's no way I ever could. Here's the thing. I already liked beer. And part of my job is to stay in shape, so I have to counteract the one by the other. So if I do more of the one thing, I have to do more of the other. It's true. You got to increase uh, in increment. Right. But as a result of me wrecking my shoulder and back, I'm going to treat myself to a massage. Go to the nearest massage therapy place, get there, and it wasn't like, hey, sign in here. You're on the wait list. It's like, no, piece of paper on the wall. Here are the prices. So, okay. Uh, get back there. She's like, five minutes. Go back. Lay on the table, put a towel over myself because I'm a respectful human being. And Too luck wouldn't have been now. No. Too luck would have hung dick. He would just yeah. hung it right off the edge of the bed. Or like not the <laughs> bed, but like the he so, should really put a hole in the table for your dick. Uh, at least a divot, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> so you're not smashing yourself the whole time. But get to going with the massage. Lady starts at my feet, gets up to my hamstrings, and just like grazes some stuff you don't normally graze in a massage, like twice. And I'm like I mean, I'm kind of sore in my hamstring, so I'm not, like, going to raise issue. Yeah, but you didn't want the happy ending to come in the middle. Right. Well, it, see, so it was, like, happened twice, and then it didn't happen for a little bit. And then she got, like, real in there. And I'm like, hey, just, can you can you just rub my shoulders? And she's like, oh, sorry, baby, sorry. Oh, she called you, you baby, wanna, too. I love yeah. that. Yeah. That's <laughs> hilarious. That being said, that being said, once I declined her proposition for a happy ending... Uh, basically right at the start of the massage, so it's like a happy beginning, I guess. Uh, <laughs> she was actually a really great masseuse the rest of the time and took, like, really good care of my shoulder, so. Wow, you have more resolve than Tulek would have in that scenario. You'd it's, have been a like... thin char- it's a thin character. First of all, she had, she had very strong and rough hands, so I was very de- nervous for what they would do to my sensitive bits. And secondly, she wasn't thick, and Tulek only goes for thick women. So. That's true. That is a character flaw. So, okay, you know what? Double bravo. One for being also, a good person, two for role-playing two... properly. And then, like, IRL reasons, like, illegal and also wife. So, you know. I mean, those are, like, third and fourth on my list of things I'm proud of you for. <laughs> it seemed like two things that generally wouldn't bother you or to look. All right. Well... <laughs> I'm just gonna sip this beer. What is up, you douchebags of holding? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, Vorlax the Cleric, Tyler. And joining me this week on this very strange episode is Bartuk, Tulak, and Raw, aka Austin, Zach, and Rupert. Boys, what is going on? What's up, dude? Just on that D&D grind, since Magic likes The Walking Dead now. I love that. Like, we switched from one Wizards of the Coast to another. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can... we're not, like, whoring ourselves off to another company. We are very much so into Wizards still. Same Wizard of the Coast, Well, at least this way you can opt in on the 
money-making collaborations instead of not being able to opt out. That's very true. But I guess, <laughs> disclaimer, we have finally got all of the Wood Nickel gang sitting down for a podcast. I've had all of you guys on separately. Like I've had Rupert and Zach, you guys have been on. Austin, you've been on. Rupert, you've been on a couple more times. But this is something <laughs> I've been waiting for for a minute, is to get all of us in one place together talking about magic. And we're actually not going to fucking talk about magic at all. No, we if this is going to be a decidedly not Magic the Gathering, Magic the Gathering podcast today. No, we grew up. We play Dungeons and Dragons now. Yep, this is all about Dungeons and Dragons this week. So if you're not into D&D or are only here for the hot magic takes, you're wrong. Which if you are, I mean, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast at this point. <laughs> but if you're into hearing us bullshit about another game made by Wizards of the Coast, buckle in, this is going to be a wild ride. So Dungeons and Dragons, fellas, what do you think? Um, it's a game. We play it. Uh, I love it. It's uh, it's like magic, but a lot less rules and uh, <laughs> very little barrier to entry, other than just taking the time to learn how it works. Some would describe it as a fantasy tabletop role-playing game published in 1974. Did you now just Wikipedia? published by Wizards of the Coast. How's it going, I mean, Webster? That is... <laughs> That is the Wikipedia entry. I did exclude a little bit, but yeah, it's a great time. All of those things are correct. To give a little background, we are all relatively new to the game. Yeah, I played it a long time ago, but I just dabbled. So this is the first time I've really taken it. Like, I don't want to say seriously, because that would be a lie. But I think everyone has dabbled at some point, right? I have not. Not even a little? Uh Not even your toes? Not even I mean, like, I have played other role-playing games before but never specifically dungeons and dragons and dungeons and dragons has this this intricacy to it that a lot of other role-playing games unless they're based off of like previous editions of DD, just don't have they don't have the breadth of knowledge and the breadth of information the breadth of things that you take in into the game and use it as a character so this experience was something completely different from any other role-playing game I've ever I mean, outside of the bedroom, how much role-playing have you done? Because I've, I've known you for quite a long time, and we haven't done any role-playing outside yep. of the bedroom. Yeah, outside <laughs> of the bedroom, yes. Um, I've done a couple other, like, small role-playing games in college, <clears throat> just with, like, other random nerds. And, like, obviously being, like a, like, a CA and GA in college, like, board game nights were a thing that we did, and people would bring board games down to, like, the common area, and we'd play it. And, like, nerds would show up and just bring a brand new game. Like, that. Like those experiences were the first time I ever played, like, Werewolf or Secret Hitler or things like that. Like, those games. But, yeah, D&D is a different beast altogether. Yeah, it's like you're, col- like, collaborating with uh, the players the- and the DM to write your own fantasy story. Yeah, that's kind of how I've described it, too. And the people who have asked me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm getting into D&D. Like, we're pretty deep into this now. They're like, what even is it? And I kind of describe it as it's a narrative storytelling game with combat. It's really funny to call it a pen and paper or a tabletop and then immediately follow that up with, we play it on the computer without pen and paper or a tabletop. (laughs) (laughs) It's a virtual tabletop, to be fair. Oh, well, technically it's virtual tabletop. (laughs) Pushes up glasses held together by tape. (laughs) 
But again, before we start getting into like more theory crafting about the game, how about everybody go around and just give like a brief introduction to their character? That's okay, I'll go first. Dwarf Druid. And we're currently at level three. So like we're kind of getting saucier, I guess. We could do some pretty cool shit, but I do have a fucking circle. I <laughs> I know what it is. Called Circle of Wildfire. And so most of the time I'm just kind of throwing fireballs, but at the beginning of the fight, I usually throw down some fucking spike growth, which everything that walks through it just has to take damage, and it seems a little bit OP right now, and it kills off a lot of, like, low-level shit, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, your characters are kind of supposed to be more roleplay, but I feel like your first one is, like, you're kind of getting used to it, we're all kind of getting used to it, so we're virtually roleplaying ourselves, just, uh, just definitively more extrapolated versions of them and not really like setting outlines for them like there's alignments and everything like that to go along with your characters but we might not necessarily be following them to a t right now <laughs> um, Which, I yeah mean... i can think of some examples that happened literally in tonight's session <laughs> that were yeah. maybe not following along the lines of your alignment per se but yeah i mean it's still like in the process of figuring approach. out that because like chaotic neutral like who fucking even knows this i don't know i do what i want because i want to yeah i just do some shit you know like i drew a smiley face out of blood on uh my orc barbarian's chest earlier and uh, like that was pretty cool it's not something like normal people do but i thought it was fun so i did it but What's... i don't know i like to just explore like all the options that we have with our characters right now i just googled what like random ass People would take uh take along with them on their adventures. Got some like ball bearings to like throw on the ground to make people like trip on. Some climbing gear, just some like random shit. Just trying to explore what I can do with those has been like super fun. You are one hundred percent the over preparer of the group too. Like yeah, you're like, oh, I'll buy this because like out. maybe this will come into play at some point, or I'll get this because maybe like we'll need to to, to scale a wall at some we're, point. We're I code, it might get cold out there, boys. In contrast, Tulak Ursenhide, the male half-orc barbarian, uh, refuses to wear a shirt, uh, even though it would give him more armor. Um, <laughs> basically yells in excitement and celebrates every time our DM says, roll for initiative. And actually, just tonight, uh, a man was cowering in fear uh, because I was trying to squeeze him for information, and he didn't give me anything else useful. So I just killed him anyway, because I wanted to, because I was sick of their shit. Um <laughs> Yeah, so barbarians are fun. They're, but like my guy was a, his background's like a soldier against his will. Him and his posse got sent to basically go on a suicide mission. So he killed his officer in charge, and him and the boys jump ship. And yeah, I've been collecting ears as trophies. I don't know why. <laughs> I was saying, uh, how could you forget the literal most important part of your character? <laughs> yeah, let me just go through some of them. I have. Goblin ear, half-orc ear, uh, infernal pirate captain ear, a nasty-ass ghoul ear, wolf ear, zombie ear. Just a bunch of ears, and uh, I'm a totem warrior, so I also have a bear ear necklace to represent that. Um, so you just have a full entire, like, Pandora bracelet-esque <laughs> necklace full of ears. Yeah, so they hit me up whenever <laughs> they have uh, a new release coming, and I wait in line with the rest of the folks and uh, get myself the latest ear pendant. For my necklace. You're like, the, you're like a shoe hype beast that just like <laughs> waits for that Nike limited release ear to come out, and you're like, gotta fucking have that shit. Yeah, I'll the just scoop up. Supreme Nike collab. I go buy out all your bugbear ears and then sell them on the secondary market. 
but no, he's he's fun. It's chaotic neutral because he's half orc already, so he has a little orc fury, kind of like disregard for authority built in. Doesn't like being told what to do, so he just does what he wants most of the time. With exception, he will consider what his party says because he's kind of he's loyal to folks that prove themselves uh, not to suck at also taking care of themselves and each other. That's Tulak. He's a bro. Drinks beer. Yeah, I'm, I'm flattered by that sentiment. Honestly, so am I. And- well, he do- he doesn't talk much, you know, unless he's sitting on a thick-bodied female of the the realm or or just questioning whether a character in the realm is thick or not. Yeah, he's got to know because that determines how he's going to handle it. Do I that intimidate? Is- or persuade. <laughs> and or perceive thickness. Mm-hmm. I'm going to roll perception checks for thickness every time now. <laughs> Fucking perfect. Well, okay, Austin, or Bartuk, let's hear about your, your character. Uh, currently, he is a level three human ranger of the Gloomstalker variety, which is a pretty interesting subclass on its own. However, he's um, slightly vanilla as far as his uh, background goes, he is a neutral alignment. He kind of just does what he wants, depending on this, not necessarily favoring evil or good. However, uh, he seems to be a good time. He's fairly simple to play as well, which I actually don't mind. I mean, just uh, shooting arrows as opposed to throwing down an axe, as Zach had mentioned earlier. Um, I think it keeps the flow of the turns going quickly and such, which I, which I enjoy as well. And let's face it, I don't know how well I would be able to handle an overly complicated character as it is. <laughs> but the most important are... I thing I think of with the first character is, like, I'm trying to get a feel for, like, how I actually want to play. Because I didn't go into it with, like, an incredible backstory or, like, persona, I guess. So I, I like this first character as, like, a good experience into D&D and, like, how I would be as a role player. You guys, yeah, you guys all bring up a really valid point with saying that you feel like your characters up until this point are relatively straightforward, at least in how you play them, because that's, I mean, that's kind of what you want in an introductory character, right? You want somebody that you can kind of just step into that you're comfortable in, that you know how to navigate combat with that character. Like with Bartok, you're like, I'm going to stand back. I'm going to shoot arrow with Tulak, You're stepping up and you're like, I'm going to swing this big fucking ax until this thing is not standing. It, Correct. And those are just, those are really good fundamental traits that you can step into and just do innately that move combat through while also feeling flavorful to your character. Like, I don't know if there's any time in combat where you're just like, I don't think my character would do this thing. Yeah. And the big part of it is like your first character, you should, in my opinion, be focused on like learning the procedural stuff, like how stuff flows, combat, um, NPC interactions, um, everything like that, because the role playing, I don't think comes as easy as, learning rules and how to do things you know what i mean absolutely not yeah the role playing is easily the hardest part of like just going into combat dm says hey roll a d20 add your initiative we're getting into combat and then you get into combat be like okay roll to hit this character does it meet its ac does it not if it does cool roll for damage if not uh you're shut out of luck till next time that's really easy to grasp the harder part is figuring out Okay, my character, how would he interact with this NBC? Like we're we're talking to this this religious figure. Would he be stoked on talking to a religious figure? Or would he be kind of reserved and not so excited? Would he want to threaten this this storekeeper to try to get a bargain, or would he try to barter with them and try to talk him down a price? Like those are much more difficult aspects of role playing. It does take time to kind of develop and sharpen those. Yeah. It's also one of the more rewarding things too. Like if you like, for example, if you really 
like hound a guy for persuasion just at a, a like a merchant and you eventually come out on top even if it's by a little bit um and you walk away and that guy like smiles because he enjoyed like the storekeeper enjoys bartering he might just give you a better deal next time and it, it's just that experience of the back and forth and getting to feel like you're part of the world that feels really neat absolutely and i guess i should mention me tyler i'm the dm of this whole entire group uh and i've like poured a bunch of hours into this we are currently doing a pre-built module that i'm adding some homebrew elements into like for some returning npcs like we have a storekeeper wall has wonderful wares so shout out to wally my dude and he's somebody that are like our party's going to be interacting with on a regular basis to go and get more arrows for the ranger or go to get some more potions of healing after we just drained all of them in a battle with a Draco Lich or some shit like that. And this is a character that it always remembers. I'm like, I remember where you guys drove past on a horse past Wally's wonderful wares. And he was outside sweeping and he just waved at you and knew that you guys were there and made a snarky comment. Yeah. Wally brings the hype too. He's always super excited. Uh, I don't know if it's a sales tactic or he just genuinely likes us at this point, but I think Wally's just a reg- just a relatively friendly guy. He just loves people who, who buy shit. But also another little, I guess, snafu that we are running in our adventure is that because we only have three people and a lot of these things are built for four-person parties, outside of the DM role, I also have my own playable character, which a lot of people, especially people who have played D&D, are hearing this and are just like, that's blasphemy. You should never fucking do that. But I disagree if you play the character right as the dungeon which yeah, here's where I see it, because I can see an issue with that. But you don't necessarily do anything. Like, in, you don't take the initiative to investigate certain aspects of anything. You don't nudge us in any direction. You heal when we need healed. You do combat when we need the combat. And you'll you do, like, a, a detect magic if we ask. Right. Yeah, and and I think that's I think that's how you have to bring that character forward, right? Like, I built my character specifically for this campaign because I knew that we'd be encountering things with dragon in relation. Like I knew there would be things with draconic language. So I built my character as a dragonborn. I knew that we had no healers in the party. So I needed, we needed somebody to be able to take care of that aspect of combat and interactions. So I'm a cleric. I have all these character traits that are lacking from the party, but I'm also, I built my character as a role-playing aspect as somebody who would just kind of sit back He's very like soft, soft spoken, quiet individual. But when he sees something truly evil or relating to the chromatic kind of dragon, then he steps in and he says, whoa, 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 whoa. This shit does not fly. Let's kill these fuckers. Yeah, he's also kind of a like a background moral compass. Like if we're about to do some fucked up stuff to somebody like <laughs> he'll just that like it's very true. He'll just like sneer and be like, like, you're not really chaotic neutral at this point. You're heading like the other way. <laughs> exactly. Like you guys are all either true neutral or chaotic neutral, I believe. And Vorlax is lawful good. <laughs> yeah. I can see how that would get in the way sometimes. He is the proverbial sore thumb, but I mean, like you said, Zach, he is the moral compass of the group and the direction of righteousness for like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this extremely fucked thing. Maybe we should get back on track and do this not extremely fucked thing that really develops the story further. (laughs) Which is honestly pretty lame, but I think we need it. I mean, yeah, when you have somebody as cool as fuck as I am, and you really need to 
role play somebody who's fucking boring. <laughs> so to really get out of my comfort zone. Yeah, somebody with a good moral compass is really challenging you. Yeah, that is definitely not my standard procedure. <laughs> but now that everybody's more informed on our character, let's talk about the campaign that we're playing, some of the things that you enjoy about it, some of the things that you find challenging about it, and just your experience in general with how this really first step into Dungeons and Dragons is going. So far, the campaign's been fun. I've enjoyed myself with it. Um, I thought we were going to die tonight for a second until some wizard disappeared. Um, Both of our tanks went down during the story. Um, It's cool to see parts of the story kind of start to intermingle, like different groups pop up more than once. Yeah, I like how, um, first of all, the Dungeon Nickel Gang, we just transferred over... One yeah, oh, one yeah. Wooden, we are most certainly not the most creative group in the entire world, but instead of the Wood Nickel Gang, we are the fucking Dungeon Nickel Gang, and it fits like a goddamn glove. Feels nice, man. Feels nice. And also, <laughs> um, you're always asking for feedback on, like, hey, did that session have enough, uh, like, role play? Did that session have enough, um, kind of like downtime, pub, walking through town time, combat? How was the combat? Did it seem difficult enough, challenging? Um, because you yeah, I mean, this is your, yeah, this is your first time being a DM, so I, I like that you're asking for feedback because it helps everyone have a better time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's like three major parts, I guess, to D&D that I can see. There's like the role playing aspect where you're talking to NPCs and you're trying to figure out how the texture of this world is fitting together. There's the combat, which is very obviously like see a thing, kill a thing, loot a thing, move on. And then there's like the puzzle solving aspect, which we haven't seen a ton of, which I want to build more into because I feel like our group actually genuinely enjoys that. Uh, And that's just like the, okay, how does this piece fit with this piece to put it together to make a cohesive thing that either opens up a door or in even more subtle way moves Mm -hmm. the storyline along? We did a little bit. We had like paintings and then there were gems, but all the paintings were like pretty blatantly colored. And the gems were like pretty blatantly coordinating with those paintings. And they were like the paintings we just looked up. We went up to them, did a little like investigation check and then saw that there were maybe little chunks of the paintings missing. So it was easy enough to kind of put two and two together and put those gems into the paintings. And then X happened, the crypt opened or whatever happened, happened. I do forget, but I think that was like the extent of our puzzle solving. Yeah, I I mean, that's kind of the hardest portion of this as far as like designing the game goes because like combat it's very like it's very gray whether like it's one moment it could be going well and then a couple bad rolls later it could be going super poorly or vice versa the talking aspect you can always talk your way out of a situation or try to talk and get more information i feel like the puzzle solving thing is pretty binary either you get it and you can do it or you build it too hard and then your part is just like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. We are totally stuck. Yeah, and that's not something you can just, like, talk your way through as a group either. Like, if, if you genuinely have no idea, it's like, especially if that puzzle is blocking a key story element, like, you really have to watch to make sure that it's not too tough for the party. Oh, absolutely. There's definitely, in uh, spoiler alert, for the next adventure that we're going on, Ooh. there is definitely some puzzle aspects to this one that... I'm working on making a little bit more challenging and exciting for the group. That intrigues me for sure. Also, today, today's adventure, because the person we were fighting was uh, 
had a pretty high armor, uh, had potentially some resistances to the type of damage I do, and could parry. Uh, that was like the first time I didn't feel like just an absolute, and it was nice. Yeah, I had to put you in your place, give you a little smack on the ass and say, listen, buddy, Yeah, I can be daddy too. Well, because I've just been Leroy Jenkinsing my way into stuff because when I'm raging in my bear, like bear totem thing, I get resistance to everything but psychic. So I get half damage. So I'm not that concerned. And we have a healer in our party. So it's like, I'll take the blows. I'll get in there, mix it up. But tonight was like, oof, almost had yeah. to almost had to make a new character. You went down tonight. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the other NPC, I also went down. And if we would have both been down. Rip salad. There was a good chance that there would have been a TPK. <laughs> that would have not been great. I mean, at that point, we just fucking drop some new characters and start again. That's gonna, true. There is always that option. I'm going to scroll through my notes here and just like see if there's any like really, really cool things that I took notes on to share. Well, here's a little quip that I want to throw in just from our experience. And I think this is an enriching experience for anybody getting into D&D. We use Roll20 for our battle maps. So any kind of combat that we're in or an area that the characters should move around and interact in, I build up that map or find a map online and put it into Roll20 and then populate that with whatever we need. And we also use D&D Beyond for all of our character sheets. I use D&D Beyond for building encounters and taking care of initiative and kind of keeping track of that stuff on the DM side. And outside of that, we use Discord. It yeah, honestly well. works really, really, really well. Especially with the two monitor setup, I guess it really definitely works well. Just pulling up like all four of the character sheets and then you got like the map on the other screen. Oh, I yeah. Think. And then like Discord by itself, it's a place where all of our audio goes into one. We can just do a nice, easy call. And in our Discord, it has slowly become a theme in our campaigns that anything that comes up that is meme worthy, which is <clears throat> 80% of things that we interact with, I wouldn't say worthy, just meme-able. <laughs> if, if there's something in a meme that relates to something, we're going to put it in the chat. Yeah. yeah, it could be loosely tied even. Like, it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't even have to be worthy. It just has to be something that could be meme. Yes. Like, for example, uh, there was a throne in this crypt, and I went to sit on it because I wanted to be king of the castle. And Spikes jumped, shot out of a chair and stabbed me all up in my ass. And on our way back through after vanquishing the folks that were in there, I kind of looked at the, the throne and I took a piss on it. And immediately in the Discord chat, there was a gif of a woman peeing on a chair. And it was because <laughs> it was very not safe for work. No, 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 no. super not safe for work, but super funny. <laughs> yeah, we got some good ones. Like with the painting thing from before, like you got some obligatory, like the dude from Ferris Bueller at the museum just checking out the paintings. Me throwing fireballs. And then you got Zach posting like Jerry Lewis's Great Balls of Fire. But there's like some good fucking... We found gold bars with like animal runes on them. So I posted like the McDonald's Pokemon gold ingots that you could get from like 2001. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> it, it, it makes it so much better. It's already fun playing it, but like having Discord up, like sometimes I'll just pull up all four, all four character sheets and then Google images. So I have it fucking on standby. I'm sure it's frustrating for you, Tyler, though, because, like, you'll be in the middle of narrating, and then one of us will just bust out laughing, and you'll be like, what the <laughs> fuck now? Oh, my God, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sometimes I look at it, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys. But then sometimes I look at it, and I'm like, 
this was well worth 30 seconds of <laughs> just completely disorienting mayhem that it caused. I remember, Rupert, your character threw a fireball at something and that rolled the absolute minimum damage you could roll on that attack. And I was just like, okay, well, you hit it, but it really didn't burn it. It didn't singe it at all. It The heat and the radiant energy from it kind of just gave it a sunburn. And then you immediately post a picture of a fucking lady with sunburn on in the Discord, and I howled. I was laughing so goddamn hard. Not just a lady with sunburn, a lady with sunburn who put a Playboy bunny sticker on her stomach before she oh, laid yeah. outside, yeah. and then yeah. took it off, so it's just a white bunny on her, completely sunburned. It's a very classy move. It's awesome. God damn, also, it's so- I, Rube, I want you to tell your Ghostbusters situation on the island. Oh, okay, so I do have a couple. <laughs> no, these character... are a couple interesting clips, yep. My character is just curious. All right, so there's this little girl, like, on the island, and she's following us around for some reason. I mean, the island's pretty fucking boring, so if, like, some strange people show up just to investigate some random-ass shit, she's probably going to be curious, and, like, I get that. But to this day, I'm still pretty convinced that she's a ghost, even though... Most signs are pointing to she's real. She's like an actual alive thing. She's never been dead. But I'm I'm still pretty into her being a ghost. There's also like we found this little statue that if you look at it, it curses you. And against like everybody's better judgment of me probably getting rid of this thing while we were on a boat and I could have just easily thrown it into the water. I'm still holding on to it. It's in a potato sack rolled up in my backpack. And uh, I just keep it in there for safekeeping on some uh, on some Schmeagle shit. Oh, yeah. You were 100 percent my precious that that statue that is yeah, real very hard. obviously evil and not good in any way, shape or form. Yeah, <laughs> to be fair, like... to be fair, we did threaten a guy with having him stare at it to get information out of him. Yeah, it was pretty tight. We could have did that again tonight. I forgot that I had it on. Yeah, I love that. Got to remember your inventory, fellas. You do. You do. It's a big deal. <laughs> but yeah like i don't know when i'm gonna want to use that thing but there were like two dragon sex i guess and tyler's character is a part of the one that is opposing this statue sect so he's like super duper not a big fan of me having this but oh yeah absolutely i am a metallic dragon and they are very much a lawfully good group of individuals and there are the chromatic dragons which are all of the colored ones and Every single colored dragon is evil, and that I is the opposite. Colored like that. Twenty <laughs> twenty. <laughs> I apologize to the viewers. I've Austin, Austin from the nosebleeds. <laughs> I didn't want to speak out of line. All of the dragonborn out there, I apologize. But also, if you're chromatic, you can go fuck yourself. Oh shit! Oh, it's on. Yeah, That's baby, metallic okay. dragon till the day I die. You thought the fetch and shock discord was a happy place until you said that. <laughs> oh my God, we're going to get so much hate mail from all the chromatic dragonborn folk out there. Can you piece of shit? <laughs> Hope you fucking die in a fire. I'm going to get death threats sent to my house. They're going to dox you. No, I just want to crap with my, my curiosity. Like, I mean, with the Dracovich statue, with my sixth sense, fucking Bruce Willis shit with that little girl on the island. It has led me to my favorite instance that we had so far we were in a lighthouse and there was like a kind of a like a ghost thing kind of roaming around that we couldn't necessarily see but we sensed and 
Uh, there was like a diary page and there was an image of it that Tyler sent us. So we got to like read it and kind of investigate it. And there were like a, a few things that I got to like really hone in on and piece together on this. Um, I'd actually gotten like a scroll of interpret like other languages at one point, like questing earlier. And I got to use it to kind of interpret and speak to this ghost and ask like intelligible questions via kind of investigating, like actually investigating, not just rolling a dice, this diary page. It's like really getting in on like that Sherlock Holmes shit was super fun. I mean, yeah, the combat's super fun and like figuring out how to like kill shit efficiently is also fun, but it's just really cool figuring everything out with the resources that you have, like using your imagination to the fullest. I definitely say it makes me feel like a kid again and being able to like have this creative outlet or this imaginative outlet is like far out. You don't get it anywhere else. I love that. Also, a little DM insight for that, too, for not just the group here, but the people listening. Um, that scroll of Comprehend Language should have absolutely in no way, shape or form allowed you to talk with ghosts. Oh, fuck. But because you rolled a natural 20 in your check to be able to cast that spell, <clears throat> I was like, fuck, he has to talk with his ghost. <laughs> so I just freeballed that entire interaction. <laughs> it was just like, I don't know. Like, let's just see this what happens. You know, absolute that news to me. That went on for like 40 minutes of the, the campaign section. Yeah, it was awesome. I had a it was really great. good time with that. Yeah, oh, yeah, you should have tunneling. never been able to do that. But, like, you roll a natural 20, I need to reward that. Especially for something, like, <laughs> so minute. I was just like, I need to make this now a part of this campaign. I need to make this a part of this storyline. I'm was like, so, fuck it, it let's so just fun. go. Now, now Rupert can talk to ghosts for the remainder of this time period. <laughs> it didn't lead to, like, the craziest of, like, outcomes or anything like that. But it definitely added, like... An inevitable amount of immersion to that scenario. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, like you said, that, that wasn't a critical part of that piece of the campaign by any means. But the fact that that moment now stands out in your memory as one of the highlights of this experience. Oh, the absolute highlight so far. That really speaks to D&D and its ability to just really immerse you and give you these incredibly cool moments that you can't really get from any other game. We're, we're going to break like a fourth wall here. We're going to shoot back um, in a different dimension to where this is actually a magic podcast. And um, it's kind of like commander where like your play group, like there's, there, there are commander rules. Those exist. They're more but like guidelines, but your play group definitely decides what's cool and what's not. And there's a lot of that that happened. And tutors are never cool. Yeah, and tutors, yeah, fun fact, <laughs> tutors are never cool. Fuck soul ring. Um, yeah, fuck partner. Drops the mic. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to bring it back to a magic thing, because I'm assuming most of the people who are listening to this, actually, all of the people who are listening to this are magic if people. If they made it this far, they're they're just, I don't know who they are. They're just they're one not, of us re-listening. really, really kind gentle souls is what they are um but yeah it's it honestly is a lot like commander so if you're into that like really intricate like you are a you are deck building and that deck is becomes like a piece of you like you're not deck building to optimize your deck to do one particular thing you're optimizing it for flavor and you're optimizing it for the play experience D, &D it really gives you that sensation of i am fulfilling this very flavorful aspect of this character like when you get to do the thing in magic that your deck is built around in order to 
really paint this picture. Like if I'm playing a tribal thopter deck and I get to make a million thopters and then like sacrifice them to this, like, or I get to use thopter foundry and do all this shit and like combo off. That is a very flavorful win. That feels really good. D and D is just that, but just over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Perpetual fucking flavor town. Yeah. You don't have to draw the cards. You have the cards in front of you. You just have to find the, the part in the story where you get to really put that full force and use it, which is sick. So sick. Agreed. Speaking of sick, uh, do you remember that one time in the pub where those two old ladies were trying to take two lock upstairs? <laughs> <laughs> you did try to get seduced by two old ladies. That is something that did happen. Yeah, I was trying. I was trying to pull information out of them and find out if they were someone that was smuggling something of magical origin that could, uh, you know, unleash some devastation in the town. And these two old ladies just started chirping at me and trying to get after this half work. <laughs> Fucking Christ, that's so good. <laughs> that feels like it was forever ago now. I know. Oh, and like, man. and we have all of this like positive stuff to talk about this game. We've probably played it for somewhere between like 30 and 50 hours. Yeah, it's been adding up. We play it like maybe twice a week for probably two to three hours those two nights. And uh, I look forward to it. I don't not look fucking forward to it. Yeah, we already have all of these like incredibly positive, really like profound love for this game already. Yeah, it's silly. Like the amount of stuff I look up about D&D now is a problem, I think. Right, we're inching so close to level four and it's like, holy fuck, what am I going to do with my character at level four? I'm going to be on Google so fucking hard trying to figure out what the hell I can do. I mean, because that also does have, like, that 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 thing that you just spoke about, about looking up a bunch of shit for your character and trying to figure out, like, oh, what's the best route I could take? That satiates another entire aspect that you can pull from Magic the Gathering. Like that optimizing, like, figuring out exactly what card you need. You can tune your character. You can spend that time and do the research and figure out exactly the route that you want to take and finally tune every single spell that you have in your spell sheet or every ability that you choose as your barbarian, like the path that you want to take, the ability points that you want to maximize and the other ones you want to leave kind of in the in the shit because they don't really apply to your character. Like you can really get deep and like min max a D&D character as much as you can get deep and tune a deck but our group is more so like don't sacrifice the flavor of the character just to try to make them op which is the way we play commander anyway so it, it makes sense absolutely but i feel like there's also a point where you can you can live both like you yep. can have your cake and eat it too where you can maximize a flavor aspect and if you play the game in that way it you're maximizing your character's power level too. Yeah, and if you can do it in a way, um, like the bear totem thing, I didn't even look into it that heavily until I started taking ears. I was like, well, what? how can I tie that in? It's like, oh, I have a bear ear necklace, so now I can have a, a, a totem barbarian. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking layers in this game. Holy shit, this is... I mean, D&D's... I D &D think it, at like this point, has surpassed magic for me for best game ever. <laughs> yeah, checkers again. No, Borderlands, then D&D, &D, then Checkers, then Magic the Gathering. That's no, the honestly, list. the Chinese Checkers is pretty fucking rad. I just like Chinese Checkers. <laughs> Wait, have you ever played Trouble, my dude? Forgetting about Connect 4. Ooh, nah, <laughs> fuck Connect 4. Connect 4 is on some bullshit. It's up there with, like, Monopoly on games that just, like, I fucking loathe. Monopoly just makes people hate each other's capitalism. Fuck. It's like I a gross capitalism. Say fuck Monopoly. Just 
horrible. Yeah, Monopoly is one of those games that it's fun if you're winning, and then it feels like poverty when you're losing. Just like life. Yeah, yes. it feels like I like real life, boys. <laughs> yeah. Hot garbage. I don't. I don't play fucking games to make me remember that real life exists. <laughs> I try to do. I play games for the opposite fucking. Wait, you mean like a fantasy role playing game, like Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> what a good fucking. It's so fantasy, in fact, that Austin <laughs> plays a, Austin plays a character with high perception. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when did we get ice cream? My favorite meme. Yeah, Austin's sometimes uh, late to the punch. And so if you remember from the late great movie, The Ringer, it's a classic. I'm pretty sure it's in the Criterion Collection. Um, there's a part <laughs> where one of the characters asks, when the fuck did we get ice cream? After another character is deceptively saying that they went out for ice cream that they didn't go out for. And so it's completely going over the other character's head. Some cinematic genius. Everything's pretty flawless. I, IMDB top 20. I think it's other like Shawshank and stuff. It has like Johnny Knoxville. He's kind of like Daniel Day-Lewis. Jesus. Yeah. Did not know that this was going to turn in that direction. Jesus Christ. You came in here in broad daylight and you scratched my CD. <laughs> that movie definitely in good taste. Yeah, for 2005, it definitely ain't good taste. I don't even know if it was a good taste for 2005. But, okay, back onto the the subject at hand. I guess to close out. Yeah, welcome to Fetch and Shock Movie Critic Podcast, where we talk about only potentially racy movies from 2005. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all ever seen Kung Pao Enter the Fist? Yeah, up next, the first Borat film. (laughs) Oof. <laughs> anyway, back Austin, on and, Austin and his ice cream. <laughs> let's let's close this the D and D conversation out with. I want to hear the final thoughts. Like everybody's just like first thought that comes out when when you say Dungeons and Dragons, and then what you're looking forward to moving on with this campaign. Well, if I can be really honest, I mean Nerd Alert when Austin Powers says it is my first thought. Currently, it's just like. I don't know, the same sensation I get like game with my homies. It's a feeling. It's a vibe. D&D's a vibe, guys. It's a vibe. <laughs> Welcome to the Fact and Shock Millennial Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Next week we're going to be talking about avocado toast. D&D, D&D is lit, fam. <laughs> Steve Yosemite's going to be hanging out with us next week. <laughs> what is up, fellow young people? <laughs> Hello, kids. I guess what I'm looking forward to are just, like, more scenarios that I can, like, look into, more shit that I can investigate way too heavily and think that is, like, not what it is. Um, leveling up and developing the character, making new characters, and um, finding, like, the creative space to develop, like some small stories and so i can give tyler a break eventually on the dm aspect of it just for like small intermittent pieces but i'm definitely looking forward to trying that out right on zach how about you that's not to say you're not doing a great job you are killing it i just really want to try it as well (laughs) oh yeah i'm the fucking greatest dm on the planet (laughs) you should hear his voice acting ladies and gentlemen maybe i'll break it out for the game i'm gonna do the entire game in wally from (laughs) wally Uh, that's a lot of energy, man. I don't know. It really is. I it is getting late, and I have had too many beers for that. Actually, <laughs> can you do your outro? Can you do your outro as Wally? Okay, we'll switch to that. Yep, I'll do that instead. Perfect. <laughs> um, so first thing that comes to mind, uh, Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, that's actually a good one. Fuck me. 
No, first thing that come to mind is like I, literally nothing at this point because I'm just thinking about everything because uh, I'm too deep in it now. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. First thing that come to mind is it's basically just an excuse to hang out with my boys virtually and participate in something that has literally no competitive aspect to it. It's just us in three different time zones coming together to go on an adventure in a group. Yeah, it's literally the, the direct opposite of competition. If there's competition, we're going to die. And then we're making new characters. Yeah, it's yeah. collaboration over competition. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, so that's like the first thing that comes to mind is like just how rewarding it is, uh, especially if you get a good group of people. And then looking forward to... Um, well, I'm always, I'm always looking for new ears to grab, so I hope um, <laughs> I hope we keep experiencing some different types of enemies for me to cut in half with my giant axe. More chairs to piss on. More chairs to piss on. More thick women that want nothing to do with a half orc to cat call. Um, <laughs> no, just just enjoy playing my character, and then eventually in the future, again, maybe after Rupert's done DMing, uh, give it a shot. Eventually, I'd like to do that, and then just kind of explore a character that's very different from Tulak because he's similar in a lot of ways to just me being a dude, like just a, <laughs> just a guy that drinks beer. And I, w- I would try maybe like a, I don't know, like a lawful evil warlock or something. I don't know. I just want to, I just want to try the more difficult aspect in my opinion, which is playing something outside of your comfort zone that requires a little more role playing that you're not used to. Right on. I like that. What about you, Austin? Uh, I definitely am on the uh, same path as Zachary. Uh, I definitely would like to get more heavy into like the role play aspects, like forming something that is definitely outside of my comfort zone outside of just being like the dude that my current character is you know and i'm pretty stoked about our current campaign i think this i don't know what the quality of all the campaigns are obviously because this is my first like real one but this one seems to uh like you never know what's going to happen next outside of at some point we're going to roll initiative like that's pretty much how it feels (laughs) (laughs) Which, which is definitely like being blind per se all the time is like the most is one of the most intriguing aspects it's really refreshing because like how many games do you get to enjoy nowadays that are like spoiler free True. is one thing is like one of the like the top tier things about Dungeons and dragons so far to me which is one reason why i've really enjoying not being the dm oh you see that is actually such a good point that i i honestly i don't have the perspective of that yeah, and also even, even if you that. look up like the the scripted adventures like even if you homebrew a little bit it's really hard to follow along anymore because so much has happened homebrew that the story completely changes. Absolutely. And I honestly, I think that that is probably my favorite aspect of our deep dive into Dungeons and Dragons thus far. I am really getting a lot from being the DM. Like I, I spend a lot of my free time, like thumbing through my notes that I make and like making the battle maps and doing all of this other like superlative stuff. And I genuinely enjoy that. But the best part of it is when we're actually sitting down and playing and then something happens and then my notes are essentially fucking. And I just have to <laughs> entirely free ball whatever's going on. Like like when when Rupert was top, talking to ghosts, I was like, I don't know. I don't have any note on a ghost talking to you. How am I supposed to prepare this? And then just like going off the cuff, 
making that experience fit with the world that you're already familiar with from your preparation. And then like the way that I have kind of described it now at this point, like I'm, I get to build the world and I get to study the world that we're playing in. And of course, like I have that pride, that previous knowledge of, I know it's in that next. I know it's going to happen whenever they take that crown from that throne. I know that that's going to trigger the electric trap. That's going to shock everybody in the room, but you guys are telling the story. It's not me. So when you guys are interacting with your environment and talking to the NPCs and doing all this other stuff, I'm sitting there and you guys are telling the story that I built. And that is incredibly just like listening and developing your story that you're telling yourself. It's so fun. We're directing the movie. That's exactly it. That's that's exactly perfect. The description of what I'm saying. Yeah, fuck yeah. He's tight in this case. My book is fucking tight. And one, (laughs) I'm the greatest DM on the fucking planet. Again, Matt Mercer. Uh, I know that you've had a successful Dungeons & Dragons show that I've watched every episode of. Uh, how about you fucking take a seat? The king is here. I'll take the reins. <laughs> I'm coming for you, brother. You ever heard the song Jesus Take the Wheel? Well, in this case, I'm Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my sedan, and I'm taking it all oh, the way, baby. Definitely need to throw some Jesus Take the Wheel in at the beginning now. Just... Absolutely. That's an interesting song. <laughs> <laughs> and I like big butts, perhaps. Oh, big oh. butt. Okay. Let's figure it out now. Big butt. Now everybody's already listened to the intro song, so they just they know that this conversation exists. But <laughs> can I throw in a critical hit by Ghost Mice? Oh, there you go. That's actually a fuck up that goddamn song. Ghost Mice I know is so, so sick. Do I. There's th- yes, there's okay. three songs. Jesus I like take big the butts. Wheel. Jesus take the wheel and critical hit by oh, Ghost Mice. Easy. Well, button. now that that's out well, of the way, easy. there's only one more thing we got to do this episode, fellas. I created a game in my brain, and we're just gonna go and run with. All right, I'm game. So, boys, um, I I hate to break it to you, I don't have a name for this game. We'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that we're playing uh, trivia, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's the game trivia, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, listen, fuck off, fellas. Can't wait um, to play trivia, I guess. I no, guess. I, I compiled a list of some questions relating to a specific game that we have been talking about for the past <laughs> hour. And I'm just going to go ahead and rattle them off. Let's say we'll take turns. Each of, you, each of you gets a question. The first one to three correct answers wins. All right. Deal. Who gets the first question? Is this open okay. book? No. Close your browsers. Close your books. Close all your naughty cobalt pictures. Holy <laughs> shit. Everybody roll, roll for initiative. Yes. Did we get to add our modifier? Absolutely not. Fuck you. Are we actually rolling for initiative to see who yeah, roll for initiative. That's how we're deciding who goes. Hold on. I actually have to get my fucking... I, just I, can't, I don't have a 20. I just have a spin down. Yeah, I need, a t- I need you to... S- everybody to text message me a picture of your dice when you roll it. I already put it away. I rolled a 17. I'm not busting that back out. That's fine. Do I just win? Uh, no. Apparently Austin critted as well. I critted online, but I'm going to roll an actual D20. I just found it, so hold on. Let me roll it here. Okay, I'm going to hit my cat with it right off the cat's ass. 14. You know, save yourself. 14. You crit on the cat, and your cat just explodes. (laughs) (laughs) You swing it. Well, it actually does. It would deal double damage. Oh, fuck. But you only add your modifier once, so it might not kill you. materializes in your bedroom. (laughs) So, Zach is first, then Rupert, 
than Austin. Are you ready for trivia, I guess? I guess. <laughs> That's what we like here. All right, Zach, your first Dungeons & Dragons question, and all of these are multiple choice. What is another name for a dark elf? Is it A, sub-elf, A, zimberfimble, or C, drow? All right, well, I have a statement about A, and the last time I saw a sub-elf, I think the Pittsburgh GP. <laughs> and, like 2012? Yeah, she was very sub, um, <laughs> searching for a dom, but uh, it's definitely C. <laughs> it's definitely C. C, drow? Yeah. Zach, that is correct. Of all the questions are this easy. Rupert, are you ready for your first question? <laughs> Hell yeah. The campaign setting, The Forgotten Realms, depicts adventures occurring mainly on which fictional continent? Is it A, Faerun, B, Gloranth, or C, Yorfe? Fuck, I want one like Zach's. I want to say A. <laughs> I'm going to say A. Is that your final answer? It's, it's the only one that sounds familiar for some reason. Yes. Rupert, Feyron is correct. That's why. Yo. I was so confident in that answer. I obviously knew. And Hello. Rupert, if you didn't know, and now and the whole party knows, the current campaign that we're playing <clears throat> takes place on the continent of Feyron. If you don't know, now you know. Honky. There you go, fellas. So, Austin, your first question. Boy. What is the name of the massive dungeon complex that exists beneath the city of Waterdeep? Oh, fuck. The only other D&D campaign that I played like was it. in Waterdeep. Multiple choices. <laughs> yes, your first is Elderdeep. The second option is Undermountain. The third option is Martyrdelf. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I do not know the answer, so I'm going to go with C. C, Martyrdelf. <clears throat> yep. Awesome, that is incorrect. It is Undermountain. Rupert, did you know this one? I actually did know that one. I just, that's where we played before was around that area, and I had a, um... Like a shadier bard that like played tricks on people, and he came from that area. Oh, so it was basically you. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> I usually play characters like me. I'm pretty fucking pretty narcissistic like that. Makes sense. Yeah. Zach, are it's you easy. ready for your second question? Sure. Already. What was unique about the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Second Edition Monster Compendium? Oh. <laughs> was it a all of the monster images were photos? of painted miniature. B, it was only released digitally as a CD-ROM, or C, the books were actually three-ring binders that allowed players to add additional monster pages. All right, so two of those sound like good ideas. I actually love C. Yeah, that was C one of the ones that sounds awesome. like good ideas. The first one's pretty cool, too. Like, if you can actually make a really good miniature and then, like, take a real close-up picture, that'd be pretty sick. Uh, but I feel like they would want the source art for that. Um... I want, like, a coffee table book that's just, like, a bunch of those. And two, I mean, that sounds like a very D&D &D thing to do to people at that time. Uh, I'm going to go with C, though, just because I like the idea, and I hope it's correct, and I hope they go with that going forward. The books were released in three ring binders? Yeah. Zach, that is actually correct. Hell Fuck yeah. me. That is how they released second edition Monster Compendium. When did second edition come out? Because I was like, 3.5 actually came out, like... Fucking forever ago, like the 80s. Well, yeah, but like... That's kind of around the time that they were trying to utilize shit like that, especially probably D&D nerds. Maybe some were opposed to it. What's that called when you're afraid of shit like that? Alrighty, Rupert, are you ready for your second question? Well, I think it's a lot. Yeah, hell yeah. Alright, so there are five main classes, not including subclasses, in first edition Dungeons & Dragons. There's Cleric, Fighter, Magic User, 
thief and what other class? Is it monk, barbarian, or elf? Barbarian. Barbarian, final answer? Yeah. It is actually monk. (laughs) Dumb. I knew it wasn't elf, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's a weird one. That's kind of crazy. I'm in a fucking Jowlin showdown with that fucking question. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we all got one right. No, Zach has two right. Yeah, Zach has two. So Austin could tie it all up with this answer right here. Are you ready for your second question? I'm ready, sir. All right. What ninth level spell, which has appeared in every edition of D&D, allows magic users to do pretty much anything? Wish, final answer. Okay. Oh. Oh. Is it Wish? Yeah, it's absolutely Wish. <laughs> Nerd. What the fuck is this? His first question was, and he didn't oh, Did anyone else know the answer to that question? Fuck no. Yeah, that was that's pretty good. All right, moving on. All right, Zach, <laughs> your third question. What is the only way to permanently kill a troll? Is it trick it into staying out in the sun? Is it cast remove curse? Or is it finish it off with fire or acid? Uh, so the sun thing is definitely stolen from Tolkien if that is the <clears> answer. <throat> um uh, trolls are a race, and I feel like calling them cursed because of it's a little insensitive. Uh, <laughs> it is 2020, after all. <laughs> so, I'm going to go with blah, C. C. I just hope that they didn't really pillage the troll lore from Tolkien. So you're saying finish it off with fire or acid? Why not both, really? You're banking on Dungeons and Dragons not pulling from J.R.R. Tolkien for this answer. Just saying. I know. Uh, <laughs> again, this is my second answer in a row that's hopeful. So I'm just well, going to go with that. Sometimes hopeful is enough. Ooh. This is, this one, is of- one of those times. Oh, it is finish off with fire or acid is how you can permanently kill a troll. Oh, my God. Well, I'm disqualified. Yeah. Um. I, I guess last question is for Austin. Then we'll just jump to him and see if he can send it into uh, double, triple overtime. I'm ready. All right. What classic D&D monster terrifies players, not because it might kill the characters, but because it will destroy all of their equipment? Is it one, rust monster, two, hooked horror, or three, blue dragon? Oh, boy. I mean, I don't. I mean, rust monster sounds right, right? It just sounds like Pennsylvania roads. (laughs) They destroy your car. So I was saying that's the equipment. salt from the roads, actually. It's the salt monster. <laughs> uh, I don't believe dragon. Of course, I don't know anything about blue dragons. So uh, rust monster sounds correct. So we're going to go with <laughs> rust monster. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Rust monster is correct. Ooh, it's not blue eyes white dragon. What is a rust monster? Um, it's a creature that will destroy your equipment, even magical equipment. I'll turn your trumpets rusty. Watch it also forces you to rusty trumpet. That's 100% correct. <laughs> that is that is scary. <laughs> now we're in double-triple overtime. So the first if one we to, all get it uh, wrong, we come back. Get a question wrong is the official loser of, uh, I don't know, trivia, I guess. Zach, your next question. What wizard is known for creating a variety of spells involving Illusory hands and fists. Is it Halasart? Is it Bigsby? Or is it Morden Kyan? Uh, Morden Kyan. Hell yeah. Keep it spicy, brother. I'm going to go B. B? B? Yeah. For no reason at all. The answer 
is Bigsby. <laughs> Bigsby's hand, baby. That is actually a very powerful spell. So Austin, now here's your here's your chance. Excellent, I'm ready. Your question: What is a gazebo? <laughs> is it a an aberration from the outer planes with a deadly gaze at two an open sided outdoor pavilion or three a type of polearm with a curved blade in a hook? I feel like this is a trick question. I mean, I feel like it's not the outdoor covering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say a, it's a monster that it, I believe you said she beams out of its eyes. You, you said an aberration from the outer planes with a deadly gaze attack. Yeah, I mean gazebo. <laughs> that sounds right. Austin, the answer is an open-sided outdoor pavilion. <laughs> <laughs> is it actually? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a pretty nice place to have a picnic, all things considered. Now, <laughs> A dire gazebo, though. That's a different question altogether. Oh, my God. All right. Everybody's a loser but Zach and uh, everybody listening. <laughs> Zach, what is your shout-out for this week, as is customary for the winner of uh, Trivia, I guess? Um. Oh, boy. That's a good question. Uh, shout-out is going to be to our semi-thick uh, acolyte guide through the latest crypt, Cassit, who keeps turning yes! me down. Keeps turning me down, but... uh. She did pat Bartuck on the butt at one point, so... She was trying to make you jealous. I know, I know. She's playing hard to get, but my hope, uh, it still burns. It still burns. I thought so. her thickness was still unknown due to her cloak and robes. Uh, she has high hopes, dog. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm a hopeful Wait, why guy. Why would you try to take a young half-orc's hope away like that, Austin? Do you know how hard it is to find love as a half-orc in this town? It's true. I mean, it is 2020 in America. Or I guess in the world right now. They don't, ha- they don't have halforksonly.com in Flan, okay? <laughs> they have one single mixer night a month at the fucking tavern. At the Laughing Goblin. Yeah. But yeah, that was my shout out. I love that. What a fucking classy <laughs> shout out. Are there any other NPCs that you guys want to shout out while you're here? Oh, that ghost girl from the island. Oh yeah, oh. she definitely had a name. I don't remember it, so I can't tell you right now, but I oh, will in the future. Yeah. A girl is, has a name. <laughs> is it a ghost? God damn it. Yeah, so shout out to the, all the non-playable characters out there. You're the real ones. Yes, all you NPCs are the realest ones. Well, fellas, I know this isn't a Magic Gathering podcast, but I feel like there's some Magic Gathering things that I should plug before we close this out. Plug it, Dungeon Daddy. <laughs> First of which is the Fetch and Shock podcast. You can find us at Fetch underscore Shock on Twitter. Uh, usually we're talking about magic, so if you're not into D&D, go there. If you do want to talk D&D, you can find me, Dungeon Daddy, <laughs> at <laughs> BasicLandMan on Twitter. You can find my co-host who doesn't play Dungeons & Dragons, but does play Magic the Gathering, at its bop. You can find all of these fine individuals that you're talking to, or you're listening to right now on the Fetch & Shock Discord. That link is in the description of this episode or on the Fetch and Shock Twitter at Fetch underscore Shock. And if you want to go over to FlipSideGaming.com, you can buy all of your Magic singles and sealed product. And if you use code Fetch at checkout, you'll get 10% off. I don't think that works on any D&D stuff that they may or may not sell. But fuck it, try it anyway. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to try. That's right, it does not hurt to try. 
I'm gonna now we're gonna have to fucking find a D and D sponsor. Fuck. Only if you do your Wally's Wonderful Wares send off. Oh my god, our D and D sponsor is Wally's Wonderful Wares. For anybody cares, that's Wally's <laughs> Wonderful Wares. Oh well, hello friends. <laughs> Welcome back to me shop. What can I do you for today? We were actually just leaving Wally. Oh, how about I do you for an outro then? We will see you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.